0: They all need to cut cut the crap. crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer.
1: Hey there, folks. Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Welcome to Cut the Crap. I know, I know, I know, I know. Weird name for a program, but crap is what we're dealing with. Crap is merely an acronym, culture, race, and American politics. Because I believe when you mix culture, race, and American politics, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. We've lost our identity, I believe, in the United States of America. I'm going to talk about what I personally believe is the most destructive force ever introduced to America and in reality it's a type of warfare without ever ever firing a weapon well firing a mechanical weapon firing a conventional weapon but nonetheless it was created to destroy the United States of America. Hey, folks, do me a favor. Share this program. It's a one-finger war. I know you want to give the government this finger. Use this finger and share this program. Get more people involved because we're going to talk about something that I believe that you need a little bit of a mental enema on. Yeah, I use that term literally. And as a great visual depiction of what has to happen to most people in America, you've got to get a middle enema. You have been crapped in the cranium for years and years and years in your life, and if you do not get that crap out of your head, you cannot think straight, because we have been professionally, psychologically find-mucked. Just flip the letters. You understand what I'm saying. And so we have to literally get that crap out of our head. Let's go back in time. When you were a child, let's say you grew up with brothers and sisters, could be one, could be multiples. You're driving down the highway with your folks. Say maybe you're going to a Thanksgiving dinner or something, and you're sitting in the back seat maybe having too much fun cutting up or whatever, and one of the parents leans around to the back and says, if you don't knock it off, I'm gonna... Well, I know some of you will say, slap the hell out of you, but typically they said, I'm gonna separate you. I'm gonna separate you. I'm gonna have to separate you. Right? I'm gonna have to separate you and literally... Make you stop it. That's the key in the separation. I want you to think about you and your spouse, your loved one, whatever. When you get to a point that you're just fed up with each other and you can't communicate, what kind of happens? You kind of divide. You kind of turn away from each other. You're kind of upset with each other. There's no common ground. You just can't figure out how to get there. And you naturally do what when that happens? You naturally separate, whether it could just be in the same room, or you divide. Same if you've got a bad marriage and it goes away. You're dividing. The single most destructive weapon that has ever been released on the United States of America is the hyphen. But today I want to give you a little bit of different hyphen to look at. Part of history, we're going to do a lot of history today, by the way. Did you know we had presidents that were anti-hyphenates? You ever heard that term? We had some presidents that foretold that our country will absolutely be destroyed over this thing that is being pushed called the hyphen. Two of the most prominent anti-hyphenates were President Theodore Roosevelt and, believe it or not, Woodrow Wilson. They were hardcore anti-hyphenates. And today, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back in time to a time period that spans the 1890s through the 1920s. If you were taught history in school, it was called the Progressive Era. Isn't it interesting that Democrats now want to be referred to as progressives? I'm going to give you literally, the history and the facts back in 1890 to 1920, right? So we're going to go well in excess of 100 years back in time. I'm going to show you something that was pointed out as possibly would end up being the ruin of the United States of America. And here we are in the year 2023, and it literally has come to fruition. Something as simple as a hyphen, just a little bitty hyphen, punctuation. Punctuation's been around since the BCs. A little bitty piece of punctuation was probably one of the most sophisticated Weapons ever deployed on the United States of America, hyphens, are intended to divide. You know, throughout history, one of the most important warfare strategies is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. The Communist Manifesto which was written in the late 1800s, talked about in our halls of Congress in the 1950s and 60s, was a warning that back then when we were paying attention said, if this Communist Manifesto ever comes into being, the United States of America is over. If you were to look up the Communist Manifesto, I'm not going to go in it today. I've done two programs on it. You can find it. Every one of the tenets of the Communist Manifesto has come into being in the United States of America. Now, this was a document from Karl Marx's days, etc. True Marxist, not the revisionist today that tries to call you a fascist. And it said, America is so strong and so well-bound together and basically has its crap together that none of us around the globe, none of us around the globe can ever defeat America. But America can defeat itself if we just get certain things to happen and we promote them. 50, 53 things. Every one of those things has come into being and passed. And that is why we have what we have today in the United States of America. Share this program, folks. Great history and eye open. Be right back.
0: See, I told you learning how to tell the world to cut the crap would make you feel great. There's more to come. Jovan will be right back.
1: Okay, folks, go into that vault, which is your brain, and we're going to talk real quick, just very quick, about movies, television, etc. We're talking about the most destructive force ever introduced in America, warfare without ever even firing a weapon. I believe it's the hyphen. Now, a few things. Let's think back to uh, Red Dawn, Wolverines, right? not enough of them, and knew if they went against the forces head-on in all of them, they'd get obliterated. They knew they were the underdog. They knew they were understaffed, undermanned, underfunded, underdeveloped. So what did they do? They resorted to acts of sabotage. Why? Because sabotage works. In any warfare, in any movie you've ever seen, where you have an underdog, in this case the lesser, not the greater, One of the most key ways for the underdog to get the upper hand is to sabotage, right? And to divide and conquer. That's where the word term comes from, divide and conquer. You split this off this way, we'll split them off this way. We can catch them better in smaller groups. The only thing you have better than smaller groups, if you can catch them in a bottleneck and just kind of shoot them as they all have to come through that one area. Now, in the past, the underdog's always been a hero. But you have to understand war strategies are war strategies. And anybody can deploy a war strategy. And what the world knew is that America was a great force. And that America could not be defeated because it had something other nations did not have. You do realize that if you're here in America, you're an American, and if you're a naturalized American, you have the heritage of being the country that created itself. Nation building. You have the heritage that your ancestors ancestors saw everything that was wrong, everything that was bad, everything that was oppressive and said, "Hell no." Get it? And therefore decided to build a country Built on history, but make it better. Make it better, make it better, make it better, make it better, make it better. better. And what did we do? We created the most successful, prosperous, thriving, free nation in the world. A nation that every other nation envies. But remember those damn underdogs? They've always been here. There were people that were sent here from Europe, specifically to make sure we get back into European control. And so what we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to put into context the times right now, we're going to talk about what's called the Progressive Era. era. And that's the 1890s through 1920s. It is a time when, ready, in the 20th century, Reformers worked to improve American society and counteract the effects of industrialization, industrialization. And it was an era of intense social and political reform designed to make a better society. Social and political reform designed to make a better Society. So if we look at our society today, what do we have? We have Mexican-Americans, Asian-Americans, African-Americans, gay-Americans, all these different hyphens. And so if we look at the structure of a hyphen, it's you split in half. Half of you is on one side of the hyphen. That's your social culture, you know, how your parents brought you up, where you held from. And the other half of you is what? The American half of you. Remember that. Half of you is the social culture part. Half of you is the other side of you. So we have all this hyphenation. And it's all part of a device to divide. And the more you let hyphens run amok... The more you get things that are totally don't make sense, but they're only described to divide. I'll give you an example. Ladies, pay attention because I have a new term for you. You might. Well, I'll let you decide. The Cervical Cancer Trust that provides a lot of cancer research abroad. Just recently went viral because they released their new definitions of how to deal with the cervical cancer and the study of cervical cancer and the science of cervical cancer in the world. In a world that now recognizes what? multigenders you've got 63, 67, whatever it is, genders. Ladies, I want you to know, now in their medical literature, your vagina will no longer be referred to as a vagina. The new term they are introducing, <laughs> it, it, it sounds like a joke, but it's not, your vagina will now be referred to as the bonus hole. I'm not kidding you. I'm not pulling, <laughs> I'm not pulling your leg. Your vagina will now be known as the bonus hole. <laughs> in, <laughs> in five years, females have gone from women to birthing people, now to bonus holes, right? And it's part of the minimization of women's body parts, right? Kind of says, Somebody says it kind of sounds like a perk at mini golf. Hey, you got a bonus hole. They are now saying that to say vagina is offensive to people that are hyphenated trans American, trans women, trans men. So ladies, I want you to know your vagina is now a bonus hole. I actually thought it was the other way around. I thought vagina was there, but if you got the other hole, that was the bonus. Nope, you now have a bonus hole. (laughs) Uh, Bonus hole. Um, And it's because they don't want to offend anybody that is male and going to complain that they have, and it's very demeaning, right? And going to complain that, well, I have cervical cancer, just like they're saying they have... Fake minces, and they do a little tomato paste insert that will melt in your guy's panties so it looks red. I'm, I'm not kidding. And they say, Well, you have, yeah, there's your sex hole, but you know, you just lack a bonus hole. It's no big deal. You just lack a bonus hole at the moment. We're going to make you a bonus hole. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> That's the way they're hyphenating, well, the taint. (laughs) Hang tight, folks. I'll be right back. Bonus holds galore.
0: Are you following Jovan on all social media? You think this program is good at empowering you? You should get your PhD in cutting the crap by following Jovan Daily on all social media. Just find him by typing hashtag Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Hang tight. Jovan will be right back.
1: Okay, folks, welcome back to Cut the Crap. And I know this is a hard topic to talk about. And it seems like the world is against every one of us, but you have to understand it is a philosophy of divide and conquer that is being forced on us. And they can only divide us if we allow it. You have to remember one key fact of all this crap. If we allow it or we're quiet about it, we have authorized it. Otherwise, if we stand up against it and be bold and strong and stand up, stand out, shout out, they cannot force it on us. Now, I gave you all of that just because I want you to understand how sick, how upside down this is. Now we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to this progressive era. And during the Progressive Era, there was a huge battle between 1890 and 1920. Just so you have a little bit of context going on, the presidents during this time. William McKinley, from 1897 to 1901. Of course, he was assassinated. Theodore Roosevelt, 1901 to 1909. Howard Taft, I think he's the one that died in the bathtub, I could be wrong, 1909 to 1913, the Chris Christie of his time. And then Woodrow Wilson, which a lot of this happened in, between 1913 and 1921. That was the progressive era. That's the the time frame. Now, who were progressives at the time? Generically, it was women, see, they've always used women, evangelicals, journalists, social workers, experts, professionals, politicians, conservationists, and civil rights activists. Doesn't that sound familiar today? Because why would they get women, evangelicals, journalists, socialists, experts, professionals, politicians, con- conservationists, and civil rights activists? Because even then it was about social signaling and being it accepted as one of the enlightened ones. The progressives themselves were mainly middle-class dwellers who believed government should increase its responsibility of human welfare by protecting workers and consumers. You wanted to know where this feelings base got its roots? That's it. It's in the progressive era. And that's when people started getting a sense of I'm better than you because I support all these social refinements and you're just, well, you can't possibly understand it, sweetie, because you work in the meat factory. But I work every day to make sure you don't turn into sausage in the jungle in the meat factory because you can't eat your meat if you don't eat your pudding. That's where the feelings came in. But there was a huge battle going on. See, you have to understand, at the time, The divide in America was not even really the haves or have-nots. That divide in America at that time was what was called the hyphenated American. And during that time, to be a hyphenated American was considered a racial slur. It was an insert. Those damn Italian-Americans... Those damn Irish-Americans. It was used to disparage people who were of foreign birth or ancestry. Very, very, very close. That was the slur at the time. But you have to remember, uh, we are what? From 1776, right? So we're uh, 120 years in the future from our independence. And we had time at that time to have five generations of Americans. But it was also the mass crush time of immigration. Because we were building a country. Remember, we're nation builders. We were not an existing nation. But in the experiment of building a nation that said, I don't care where you come from. I don't care about your skin color. I do not care about which God you serve. If you're just willing to accept the nation, assimilate, and become part of the nation, you too can be free and have liberties and live as a free man and woman. And you know what happened? We became the greatest nation in the planet, doing everything opposite of what the system was trying to push down our throats. Except... There were people that thought the system was much better. I want to read you something. It's a bit of wisdom, but I want to read this to you. And remember, a hyphenated American, it was a, it was a slur. The quote goes like this. There is no room in this country for hyphenated Americanism. When I refer to hyphenated Americans, I do not refer to naturalized Americans. Some of the very best Americans I have ever known were naturalized Americans. Americans born abroad. But a hyphenated American is not an American at all. The one absolutely certain way of bringing this nation to ruin of of preventing all possibility of its continuing to be a nation at all would be to permit it to become a tangle of squabbling nationalities, an intricate knot of German-Americans, Irish-Americans, English-Americans, French-Americans, Scandinavian-Americans, or Italian-Americans, each preserving its separate nationality each at heart feeling more sympathy with Europeans of that nationality other, other than with other citizens of the American Republic. There is no such thing as a hyphenated American who is a good American. The only man who is a good American is the man who is an American and Nothing else. That was Teddy Roosevelt. Woodrow Wilson, a very progressive, liberal Democrat, said then as well in a speech, talking about hyphenated Americans, he says, any man who carries a hyphen about with him carries a dagger that he is ready to plunge into the vitals of this republic Whenever he gets ready. They knew something at the beginning of the building of our nation. Is that when you get here and you come here, you are American. And remember, the only time that the presidents referred to anybody with a hyphen was the people that were not naturalized yet. They had to go through the process. And back then, all of the testing to become an American was you had to answer American history questions, you had to do the test in American and English, write in English and speak in English. You had to assimilate. That is what built this nation. My grandmother came over before my mother. My grandmother was one of only seven German women allowed to immigrate to the United States During World War II, and it was because she fell in love with a high-ranking Army officer. My mother came later. But when they did their test, they had to speak American, answer American questions, etc. So, see, we've been dealing with this for a long time. It's been kind of a hidden secret. Because they washed it from the books. And they reinstituted this identity separation with a hyphen. And as soon as they forced a hyphen, by the way, a lot of it was forced by the Associated Press. Yes, the Associated Press is what puts out the proper use of language when describing it in the media. That's what they do. That's how they set the standard. So what we have become now, the very thing that we were warned about in the first 120 years of our founding, is if we go down this path, we're doomed. Now what they pointed out is, here was the platform Teddy Roosevelt talked about. He said, and it makes perfect sense. When you start referring to people as hyphens, when we need to be a colorblind society, we need to be a colorblind society where all men are created equal, like Ellis Island, like the Statue of Liberty. He says you are inadvertently highlighting their ethnic race and color. He says to refer to Americans that way is to accentuate their color. And you know what? He's right. That's why I don't use the term African American. Because the term by default is not only dividing, it is setting the precedent they are African first before they're ever American. And in doing that, it has now been associated with color. The very thing they say they are protecting you against is what they're actually highlighting. Does that sound familiar? It's because the government's always done it. They want to rape your three-year-old by teaching them how to not use their bonus hole and use the bunghole. We're going to expand the horizons of your kids. It's the great social reform. It's always about opposites. And what happened is they divided us with hyphens. Because they know if you can divide, if you can divide, you can conquer And so you can't take the nation on as a whole. If we're going to win and undo this nation, we must divide them all up. Because when we divide them all up, we can now control them in subgroups. When they started working for quote-unquote African Americans, which is a relatively modern term, it was only for control because they wanted you to identify as an African first Loyalty to the African nation, which is probably not even in your DNA. But they need it to divide because they want to cleave you, cleave you from being the one unifier. And what is the one unifier? Being American. I want you to think about this as I head to the break. Whether it's gay American... African-American, Puerto Rican-American. What's the one thing we all have in common that we've been told to forget? Take away the hyphen of the one thing every single one of us have in common. That's right. We are Americans. That's why they hyphenate it. They want to get you away from America. Final comments coming up right
0: after this.
1: I want to go back in time. Let's go back just a hundred years. Well, you even go to my family. If you would have told my mother or grandmother, ooh, you're a German-American, they would have slapped the hell out of you. And they would have told you, I am an American. You go back to these times a hundred years ago, people that busted their ass off to come to this country, to help build this country. If you would have called them anything but an American, it was fighting terms. They would have whooped your butt. No, I am an American. And they would have fought for it. And that's what you should be able to take as proof of psychological warfare. Because what they did is they taught everybody, no, you're hyphen first, because their goal is to divide and conquer. And therefore, between educators and that unholy trinity, between government, media, and academia, they sold us the hyphen. And how did they sell us the hyphen? They got the media to put it out there, and you all of a sudden started hearing the media, African-American, African-American, African-American. And they say, no, we protect you from racism. No, they don't. They magnify it, because you throw it out in people's face. I'm an African-American. I'm a gay-American. Um, Eric. You get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? They use psychological warfare. And so when you lead in your introduction, you're not saying, hey, we're all on common ground. You're leading, quote-unquote, by your difference. You're antagonizing the situation. The very thing that you are growing for, acceptance, we're all one, just let us live our lives, you are antagonizing... By buying into the hyphenated culture. And that's because they have convinced you that it's uniting. Just like they could try to convince you right now a penis is a vagina. An ugly vagina with a right hook, but a vagina nonetheless. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is how you know this is psychological warfare. But if we were to get in a room and we were to have all different kinds in the room. And I said, I want the African Americans over here, or the uh, Italian Americans over here, or the gay Americans over here. And I say, you've got to divide up by what you identify as. And then I would prove the point. Every one of you in this room that you have already divided, now you're divided into your groups. Do you understand what you have in common? It's not the descriptor. It's the fact. It's not the adjective use of the word, it is the absolute noun fact of the word. American! And that's what they don't want you to know. That it does not matter where you are. We all have one thing in common when we're legal, born here, naturalized here, doing it right. We are Americans, proud to be Americans, and we want to be Americans. Flood millions across the border don't require naturalization. What do you get to do? You get to let the little bitty clicks identify as hyphens, and you get to destroy the country from within. Now do you understand why the hyphen is the single most destructive weapon that has ever been pulled on America? And it's because they use the hyphen... To divide and conquer so they don't have to resort to weapons. Because if they had to resort to weapons, we would kick their ass. And they want us to do it for them. And so what they do is they play mind games. And if you could get everybody in the room and you could just be calm. And not make it about politics or anything else. You would understand At our core, we are Americans. What they are cleaving in that descriptor intentionally is the American part of it. So what's left if they've divided us by groups? If this group now identifies as African and this group only identifies as Mexican and this group only identifies as gay, what's left to do? They just need to convince you America, its founders, and its founding is evil. And if they can convince you that America, its founders, its whole system, and everything else is evil, that it's horrible, that it's suppressive, and you finally say, screw the American flag. What have they done? They have divested you of being an American. And that's where we are in this process, folks. Words matter. And it is all psychological warfare. This is where political correctness has killed us. I would never be a lawmaker that would ever utter would ever utter African American, and did you know black Americans, Hispanic Americans, as they divide them, all prefer, you can just call me Hispanic, you can just call me black. 60% say it doesn't even matter. Get it? 15% of America says you better say African American. The rest don't give a crap. It was Jesse Jackass that started using this in the 80s as a cultural integrity piece. Over time, you can look at it, they didn't care. And by the way, when they told you Negroes was a bad term, or black is a bad term, most African Americans in this society that they say call African Americans don't mind being called black. And in 1969, Negroes wasn't a bad word. It was the descriptor that applied. But they've divided us so they can conquer us. And now they have put us in enough freaking pools. You're not a gay American. You're an American who happens to have a sexual preference different than others. You're not an African American. You are a freaking American who has a little bit more pigment than me. It's no different than you like to call it tomatoes and I call it tomatoes. They have divided us by differences so they can get to the second half they want to kill And that's American. And that's why every one of us has to stand up and tell these rat
0: bastards to cut the crap. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut Cut the the crap. crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is learn how to fight back and tell the system
1: You're going to get extra special savings because you use the promo code Jovan. I'm telling you, I used to take two hours or more to get to sleep and only sleep for a few hours. Now I'm asleep. I'm telling you, 15 minutes or less, I'm out like a baby. And that's because of mypillow.com forward slash Jovan. Use your promo code Jovan. I guarantee you'll be happy you did. The other part of it is part of having good sleep and keeping up with the stress is to have good nutrition.